When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations Brewing Podcast with your hosts, Divya and Ravisha, two coffee-loving best friends who dive into weekly conversations on wellness, culture, and growing into your authentic self. As two healthcare professionals, children of immigrants, and humans always striving to learn more, they bring their unique complexities of their wellness journeys into this podcast space by sharing their stories and featuring other like-minded experts in the field. Always with a cup of coffee in hand, humor, and never-ending authenticity, dive in with the two of them as they brew the kind of conversations that we don't have enough of, but that matter the most. The most important relationship you have is a relationship with yourself, because no matter what happens, you will always be with yourself. You need to be able to rely on yourself. Hi, Ravisha. Happy Friday. Hi. (laughs) <laughs> I'm laughing because this is literally our seventh or eighth time trying to get this episode started. I think it's seriously eighth time. We just could not get ourselves to start the episode in a way we both honestly liked. We were being very self-critical in the beginning, and this one we just had to go in. <laughs> I know. We had a comment made to us that we saw earlier this week just about how we talk, and Real talk, I mean, it got to both of us and we kind of became very self-critical of one, like of ourselves and felt kind of down about it. I'm not going to lie. And so when we were about to start recording this, like each time both of us got a little nervous and felt like we couldn't form sentences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was not exactly what Ravisha said. I was not sure how to start. And anytime I started, I would pause and be like, crap. Oh, that didn't sound good. And um, yeah, we didn't honestly comments can get to you at the same time. I we love getting feedback and I think feedback is important. So we're not upset that someone gave us feedback. We are more just like any natural human being is we can get hard on ourselves. We can get harsh and and overthink. So that's kind of what had been coming up for us today. And I guess that's why we recorded this eight times. Yeah. And going off of what what Divya said, we are so open to receiving any kind of feedback. So it's not like you can't say anything to us. But when you when you first read something like that, you're almost like, oh, man, that like really puts me down. And I think all week we both were kind of like bringing it up to one another. <laughs> just like funny ways too. we were sending each other memes that were just like self-deprecating a bit, but in a jokey way. Yeah. Oh, God, this is us. When yeah. And like it's rooted in us being sad. Yeah. Like we're like sad, but also laughing about it. And then now when it's like time to perform, we're like all nervous and don't know how to do it anymore. Like we haven't done like, I don't know, over like 25 episodes at this point, but that's just us being real with you guys and letting you know that we're trying. Like every time we record an episode, we are always trying to improve and I know we're not perfect. And so and putting yourself out there is really scary. I think it's so cool because 
the amount of feedback I, I do want to also say on the other side, the amount of positive feedback we've got from our podcast has been unbelievable. So amazing. So we are just beyond grateful for everyone. But at the same time, it does feel scary whenever we get on and record because we know that people are going to be listening. And mm-hmm. even if it's one person, a hundred people, that's another person that's not me and Ravisha, who is, it's another opinion. And so right. we don't put ourselves out there and be vulnerable. And most of us don't because we're scared of opinions. And me and Ravisha had been that way for a long time, which is why we didn't start the podcast when we wanted to. We wanted yeah. to start it. We've had this idea, like I've mentioned before, for so long and we didn't do it because we were scared. And so I just want to say that we're so grateful for everyone's positive feedback, but it's just natural that when you receive more critical feedback that you get in your head. And so that definitely happened to us this week. Yeah. And I'm glad we just talked about this right now, like right off the bat of us recording, because now I feel a lot more calm going into like our topic and what we're going to talk about today. I'm not going to lie. We were so nervous starting. The nerves were real. It was almost like we were recording our first episode all over again. I honestly felt like it was worse. I could not start properly. I had said the most weird things. I don't know why I was starting the episode. I started the one of the one of our recordings was how I start a session, and I don't know why I did that. It was like, "Hi, how are you doing? Or how are you doing?" Yeah. But it, and it was so odd, and I was thinking like, "Oh my gosh, what is getting into me?" So, with that, I'm glad we were honest and just said that off the bat because. Now you we it might come up, or if you hear any difference in this episode, honestly, people probably won't. It's just gonna be in our own head, but and actually, okay. like this kind of goes into like the topic a little bit today too. Um, we're gonna talk about self abandonment and what that means, and how to kind of get yourself out of self abandoning, or how to stop self abandoning. Oh my gosh! See, okay, I am one, two, three, go. How to stop um, with self-abandonment and tips and tricks. Yeah. Divya brought this topic to my attention today, so we both read on it. And it's really interesting how so many of us kind of partake in self-abandonment. Obviously, there is like a scale of like how extreme it is for some people versus others. But we're just going to talk a little bit about that today. So, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I've been seeing, I've personally struggled with self-abandonment, but I also see it being a really common theme that a lot of people talk about in therapy. So I think that this will be something that people will resonate with because it is a real struggle, but also one that we don't always have a word to. Like there's not a phrase that we know. We know the experience and we know how it makes us feel, but we don't know what is that called. Exactly. And so to simply define what is self-abandonment, it is like a rejection of your own thoughts. So ignoring our need for self-soothing by asking someone else to assume that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as the, the minute I said that definition, a lot of you can resonate with that a little bit because in one way or another, sometimes we do depend on other people to kind of fulfill our happiness, our own happiness that we're always seeking. And we're not putting ourselves first and listening to our emotions all the time. Yeah. When we have trouble trusting ourselves and don't feel that we can show all parts of ourselves that maybe people will judge us or that we don't even like certain parts of ourselves. So we discount the positive and negative parts of ourselves. So that's when we 
simply put, we abandon ourselves. We think about how other people can abandon us. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I used to be so scared of people abandoning me in relationships that I almost would do whatever I could do to keep someone with me. Mm-hmm. But now the older I've gotten and reflected on it, it makes me realize that in those kind of relationships, I was actually abandoning myself, that maybe mm-hmm. that person wasn't abandoning me, but there was abandonment happening. And that was with myself. Yeah, it's definitely a learned behavior. And a lot of the articles we read state that it's as children, as children, it's kind of a learned behavior because society, like in society as well, like I think not up until recently, we haven't really focused a lot about our own feelings and emotions and how to process that. And so as a kid, it's really important to kind of learn those things on feeling the emotions that you're feeling and someone validating you that saying that that's okay, that's how you feel. Because I remember as a kid, particularly, I was like patted on the back for like getting over things quickly. For example, if I was upset about something, but quickly got over it, like my parents would give me like positive reinforcement and be like, see, you're fine. You're okay. And then I would be able to move on. And for a long time, I thought that was a really good trait to have. But now as an adult, I'm learning that I need to feel a lot of my emotions a little bit more and take a second to read my body and how I'm feeling. And that's how I'm figuring out how not to like self-abandon myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we are so conditioned to do it. And we also see other people do it all the time, especially Mm -hmm. I will, I'll say for me and I know for us, because we've both talked about this experience, but culturally we see it. Uh, with self-sacrifice and we also have these like these gender norms as being a woman that we have to be sacrificial and we have to take care of people and that just innately puts your needs aside and so we end up abandoning ourselves while thinking it's a good thing because we're not abandoning other people but I think that's a really big myth about self-abandonment is that if we abandon ourselves other people we won't lose other people people will stay in a relationship with us if we do everything they want us to do. Correct. Yeah. It doesn't equal people staying in relationships. People are not, people don't think that, wow, I want to stay in this relationship with them because they're constantly doing everything I want. They think, oh, I want to be in a relationship with them because I feel good around them or I feel connected to them. But for me, a lot of my life, I would think that people were in a relationship with me because of all these things I did for them. Yeah. And it's like that codependent relationship, right? When you're constantly seeking the approval of the person that you're with by doing things doing things that they want and in the process of that you're losing yourself and not listening to like your own like gut instinct and you know you're suppressing your own feelings for that other person so when you become so codependent you kind of lose trace of who you are which then does not mean like a successful relationship will ensue mm-hmm. exactly because relationships are there's that reciprocity and there's that back and forth but it doesn't have to be that we sacrifice to have good relationships we can we can uh, we can care for ourselves and care for other people so with that being said what would you say that were learned messages that you had around self-abandonment I know you shared with feeling like you know being patted on the back for getting over things quick Mm -hmm. but 
as you're an adult and reflecting on this concept, what are other areas where you've noticed it show up or maybe be reinforced? I think like self-criticism and judgment is like a big one that I see myself like falling into a lot as an adult. I think we all know this, like we judge ourselves the most out of anyone else around us. And so I feel like I'm always criticizing myself on certain things and like not giving myself enough compassion for how things are going. Yeah, the per- definitely the perfectionism. Because when we're trying to be perfect, we're not honoring our own needs. Yeah, especially when we hyperfixate on it and focus on it. Because we think that this the one this one thing that will really give us fulfillment or joy or you know whatever the case is it's different with each person but then it leads to us it impacts everything right Mm -hmm. it impacts how we interact when we abandon ourselves with it it impacts our self-esteem too because we abandon ourselves because we feel that we're not worthy of you know attending to our needs and so when we don't feel that and we have negative or low self-esteem then it also impacts how we show up in general in our relationships yeah how do you feel like there are some traits of self-abandonment that you deal with on a daily basis? I would say there's quite a few that I've had to work through. I will say from the bigger scheme, I'll, I'll like start on a bigger scheme and break it down into just mm-hmm. more um, micro levels. I would say overall, culturally, I definitely feel it with um the South Asian culture and what my experience has been around self-sacrifice and doing what is best for your family, what is best for others, just that typical statement of what will people think that is said so often Mm -hmm. that perpetuates self-abandonment because we're thinking about what will other people think? What will other people want? And that doesn't mean that we should not care about what other people think and want. Of course, we should care about other people's needs, but not in a way that it is abandoning your own values or your own needs so I will say from that larger scale level that under that um as being a woman that ends up coming up uh with with your own needs and almost feeling that you have to abandon your needs to feel quote-unquote like worth it in a position I would say I know a lot of women say that they feel they have to work extra hard to prove they're deserving of a position or they're deserving of a title in ways that they don't feel their male counterparts have to work. And again, I'm speaking on this in a general sense, but I think when we're feeling like we need to run a million miles an hour, we have to really prove ourselves, especially if you're in a male dominated field. I'm not, but I'm just saying in general for a lot of women, then you end up really pushing yourself and in, in neglecting your own needs. So I would say as a woman, that happens too. And then also self-criticism and judgment for many people in a sense of being even like a mom or a wife and, and playing a role in a family that you have to sacrifice everything for either your partner or your child. And those are these like societal pressures. And then I will say in a role as being a therapist, I think that there can be a lot of self-abandonment because therapists are conditioned of like I actually was on the the call with um uh a nurse practitioner today and they had said to me that you should take on any patient because anyone who's in need of psychological care they're a patient for you and you should take anyone on it doesn't really matter how long you see them meaning time how what your caseload is and I 
that is a message that is very ingrained in the field of psychology is you just do everything for all your patients. And I believe that when you need boundaries around treatment, but also if I'm burnt out as a therapist, I'm really not serving my clients. It's not mm-hmm. good for them. And so I really try to keep boundaries with the patients I do see because I really care about their treatment and I care about their care. But there is this message in the field of abandoning yourself and your values and your boundaries and everything just to be quote unquote a helper and, you know, fixing things for people. But you know, I, I know you can't fix anything for people, but I'm just saying. So that was a long-winded way of three different facets of my life that I feel I have these messages around self-abandonment that I've had to challenge. There's my TED talk. I'm sorry. No, I love that because I just wanted to follow up with what did you respond to the nurse <laughs> practitioner? Like, I just want to know because yeah. some, it, I mean, when you're getting that message t- being said to you, how, what are you supposed to say? Well, thankfully it's not, not th- there's a one thankfully and also unfortunately it's not the first time I've received that message. A lot of a lot of clinicians function that way. They have caseloads of, I've heard some people have caseloads of over 50 people. I'm like, mm-hmm. for 50 people in a week for 45 minute sessions. And let's say with like this, what this person does, and he said, you know, some people need more care. They need, they need more support for over 45 or 50 minutes. So I'll just give them extra time. And, you know, there's only so much of that you can do because then your next patient is running late and then you give them extra time and it just gets, in my, my mind, it gets chaotic. But yeah. I just said that everyone practices differently and with my practice and my limitations that I currently have, this is what I'm going to need to offer. And if this current patient that you're trying to refer refer to me will need more than that, then perhaps I'm going to need to give a referral and it's not a good fit. Love that answer. You're creating a boundary, like what you need to. And, and it's not fair to other people too, right? It's not. I think I'd, I'd really take it seriously with if there's someone who's under my care, I'm going to give them my all in the treatment. And so I'm not going to just... I don't mean setting boundaries and I don't want to have to feel like I'm abandoning myself because if I am, then I'm getting burnt out and then they're not getting the proper care. So it just creates a cycle. Right. And also this is you working on your self-abandonment because if you just said, yeah, okay, you're right. I'll do that to that nurse practitioner. What you're doing then is like repressing like how you're feeling inside and how much you can actually handle, which will then and cause then like the effect of that will then be like you're burnt out. You're not able to then give your maybe other patients as much time that they need. And then as a clinician, you just feel like you're not doing your best. Exactly. Like there's like that the cause and effect of it is like really dramatic if you like ah. can say, right? Because in in like Divya's saying, like this shows up in different aspects of our life. Like when we are self-abandoning ourselves, like there's other pillars that come down with it. Mm-hmm. And I think we talk about this a lot as well. Like, you know, when you're not holding true to like core values and what you believe in or like doing things because other people expect you to do them, you're not being true to yourself. And mm-hmm. there's this quote on from one of the articles we read and we can also link it, but it really stuck with me when I read it, but it said the most important relationship you have is a relationship with yourself because no matter what happens, you will always be with yourself. You need to be able to rely on yourself. Hmm. I feel like that's so easily forgotten. Cause like we've, ne- I feel like we never put ourselves first. Exactly. We don't put ourselves first because we are so concerned about everyone else. 
But at the same time, like you said, with this cause and effect, it creates a cycle because if we're not putting ourselves first and we're not taking care of our own needs, how can we show up for those around us? Or you're we're showing up with a place of resentment. Like we've both mm-hmm. talked about being people pleasers and when we're people pleasing and showing up for people, we end up getting annoyed. Everyone does. Like people pleasing right. and resentment is such a huge thing together that I think in relationships that would you rather sacrifice everything for a person or a friendship or whatever it may be, or would you and and feel resentful, or will you set boundaries and not feel resentful? And and I think in the long term of the relationship, sure, short term, short term, if you set those boundaries for your self preservation, so you're not abandoning yourself, someone might be upset and they'll be like, why did you do that? Or they'll have a reaction, but long term they'll feel more connected to you in the relationship because you're not you're not resentful with them, but if you are just keep abandoning yourself, then you're going to long-term hurt the relationship. Right. And think about why sometimes certain relationships like don't end up working right long-term because after a while of like repressing who you really are and not honoring your needs, like, like Divya said, the resentment just builds up so much that you end up not wanting to be with that person because you were never true to yourself mm-hmm. and i know sometimes people like seek other like friendships or like re- relationships because they're wanting to be ha- quote unquote happy because they think that one person will like bring out that, that happiness but again like no one else is the cause of your happiness you are the cause of your happiness yeah 100 percent. we can't And there are so many times that we say, oh, this person, like, I'm not happy because this person's not doing X, Y, Z. It's not their responsibility to make you happy, just as it's not your, well, it's not their, but vice versa, right? Like, it's not your responsibility to make them happy. I think when we, we, we abandon ourselves because we also place this responsibility on ourselves. that's really not ours. We don't need to be responsible for so many things we think we're responsible for. And then we abandon ourselves and it just keeps the way that more I'm thinking about it, it really does, like you said, with a cause and effect, just create a cycle. And I think so many of us get really looped into the cycle and it just, the cycle becomes almost part of our, our being that we don't even know how to get out of it. Yeah. There's so many ways where you can just lose um, who you are as a person in so many different kinds of situations. Like I'm trying to think of as many different types of situations as I can right now. Like so we can like discuss that and our listeners can resonate, you know, like, especially like one that's really sticking out to me because you just mentioned it is like, just like work situations, like work relationships as well. Sometimes we like put it all on the line for our job, which I understand that we all need to do, but then I'm sure we all have seen that quote that if you're, you're easily replaceable, like someone easily can like take your job or like do your role for you. So what's the point of giving yourself 100, 120% when like you're so replaceable to like yeah. that entity? Exactly. We don't take days for ourselves because we're like, oh no, I gotta, I have to finish this up for work. Like it's like, it has to happen. And I do understand that there are deadlines and there's things that need to get done. But if there's a day where you're feeling so mentally exhausted and drained that you feel like you can't even like be there and focus, shouldn't you be feel free to take that day easily and be like no i need to do this for myself exactly yeah and so with that when we start to challenge that self-talk around 
what our quote unquote duties are to other people. What are ways that for you when you've noticed it, you've noticed patterns of self-abandonment, what are steps that you have taken to try to combat that? I think the first like step really is to start identifying your feelings and your emotions. Like the big thing about self-abandonment is, is that you are like shoving away your own feelings and you're kind of like putting that all you know, on the back burner so you can do what you need to do in the present moment. And so then when that becomes like a cycle, you start losing sight of like how you actually feel about things. Mm -hmm. And so to kind of circle back and like start from the beginning, you, the most important step is to feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. And, And to really just like let them be without trying to make them go away. Yeah. Like if you're upset, okay, you're upset why are you upset okay this upset you okay what do you think is a solution if there is one or is there a way you can have a conversation with someone or even with yourself about this feeling that you're having and at the same time like what's happening are like do you feel like what your body is telling you you know like are there certain things are happening like i don't know like tensing your jaw is like a lot that's common for people, even for myself, or like, are you getting like, you know, like, bi- like biological things as well that like associate with your emotions? Yeah, exactly. And starting to, to, to you identify because you can't identify it and talk to other people about it until we're able to really understand and also not shooting yourself. I think that's the biggest thing so many people do. I definitely do that a lot of, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. I should feel that way you feel that way. That's the plain and bottom line is you feel the way you do. And so shooting yourself is not going to make the emotion change. So you might as well just accept it. When you brought that up, I just remembered how I used to say that a lot. Like when I would be like venting to you, I'd be like, I know I shouldn't be feeling this way, but this is how I'm feeling. And even though it's time to change that narrative, it should really be like, I am feeling this way. Yeah. And that's it. Like I am feeling this way. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time, I would just be like, I, I know my, I know I'm feeling this way right now, but like, it's fine. It's, it's, it'll pass. It'll be gone soon. It'll be fine. We'll get over it. Yeah. Everything's fine. (laughs) And that totally hurts us when we do that. We think that, oh, I'm being, I'm being chill or I'm being easygoing when honestly it bothers me more or I, not bothers me. It, it, I feel like it's less easygoing when someone is like that. I would much rather them just be straight and upfront with what they're feeling because otherwise it has me playing the guessing game, right? So it's, it's more actually helpful to just be honest with people about what's going on. Yeah. Like if you're not honoring your own needs and wants in a certain situation like how are you ever going to figure out like what works for you and what doesn't like what yeah what are the things that like i don't know again contribute to your happiness exactly like you can't it's so hard yeah and that's why we like we, we bring up the thing about to like not depending on like like significant others or like other friends or other people in your life for those emotions because to be honest you're then always going to be let down yeah that's so much pressure yeah and that puts so much on other people too like it's not fair to have another person be responsible for your emotions yeah because like perspective wise that other person on the other side of the conversation is also working on themselves 
to yeah. attain their own happiness. So <laughs> everyone's working on them. <laughs> I know. And we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's crazy because when you kind of like peel back some of the layers about the stuff or not the stuff, but like things like self-abandonment, there's just so many layers to it. And so many ways that we partake in self-abandonment that we didn't even realize. Like um, one of the things I want to even pull up was that Instagram post that you shared with me, Divya. And like one of the, like number one, it's saying, saying yes when you want to say no. And think about how many times like you say yes to a friend, a colleague or anyone to something when you really truly wanted to be like, no, I I don't want to do this. Yeah. But we force ourselves to be like, oh, okay, fine, I'll do it. When yeah. And like sometimes, say no. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes, like you need to say yes, right? If you're like con- constantly the person that's saying no. But then, like, think about if you're the person that's saying yes to everything and everyone all the time. I'm exhausted. Yeah. When will you have time for anything? Yeah. When, when will you have time to like take a bit for break for yourself? Yeah. Exactly. And and again, we're so socialized to be a yes person that if I do this and I do that, that makes me good. I'll make people happy. But again, people would probably rather you say no than say yes and continuously half ass it. Yeah. What do you think are some barriers to self-abandonment or why or not uh, for uh, barriers to combating self-abandonment if that question makes sense like why do people not take the steps to do it oh well I think half the time they don't even realize that they're doing it yeah I mean not until I started therapy I did not know I was like partaking in some kind of self-abandonment yeah like I said I always thought I was fine I'm chill (laughs) I know everyone's like I'm fine I'm just gonna try to go to therapy just because I don't know we'll see. And then after it's like, oh my gosh, I do this and I do that. But yeah, many of us don't know what's happening and they don't. So then you don't even know what you can do about it. And also it's scary to change a narrative when we're used to being maybe like the the yes person or the quote unquote good girl. Or, you know, for me, that was one of my hardest things is I, I, I so much tried to be good, good and nice and people like me that it was terrifying to face the the reality that someone might not like me because I'm taking these stands for myself or that people can have an opinion that isn't the most positive about me. And so having to cope with that is why I didn't do it. So I think that's definitely a big barrier is it's scary to change anything, even if that change is good. Yeah. And you're not alone in that either. Like even like for me as well, like quote unquote, good girl. And we have an episode about this too, but like, it's just like sometimes when you want to be liked and just accepted, you throw everything else out of the way and you're like, okay, what can I do to be that person? And I'm just like, I'm just going to be myself and stay true to what my values and things that are important to me and that's who I'm going to be now and like it's not like a thing that just like shifts overnight there's like so many there's so many ways that like I'm kind of shifting that narrative every day yeah because it doesn't happen overnight and if I mean obviously if only it could happen overnight but it's something that we have to continuously work on and it's okay to keep working on it yeah because I'm sure you talk about this a lot with your clients and like what is your like number one advice or like 
what if someone is like experiencing self-abandonment like what do you help your clients well we usually reflect on where they feel the urge the most with self-abandonment and the situations whether it's in it's at work or it's in a certain friendship or it's in their romantic relationship and when people have fears around setting boundaries or putting themselves first or changing a narrative and they get really and they do it and someone's really upset at them their reaction is something that's really important to keep in mind the people who benefited from you being self-abandoning are the people who are going to be the most resistant to you changing and so it's not really about oh i that's bad i'm changing i'm changing because they're mad at me that those are actually the people that you should i don't I hate saying should but that those boundaries are going to be the most necessary with and that can that can empower people to change the narrative so i would definitely say that people's reactions and responses are very telling wow I love that response. I never think about people's react. Like I didn't even think about someone the way someone else reacts and how that like is telling of itself. Oh yeah, it's so telling because, I mean, of course, people are gonna have some kind of a reaction, and it might be a surprise because if you're changing anything, they're gonna have a reaction. Mm-hmm. But it's is that reaction, is that reaction trying to guilt trip you? Is that reaction pushing against your boundaries? Mm-hmm. Is that reaction making it about themselves? Like those kind of messages can be really telling. Yeah. Yeah. So true. This has a lot for me to even reflect on. I've, I've thought a lot about self-abandonment on my, like as one, because it comes up in therapy all the time and with my own therapy, but even just talking about it with this episode gives me so much to continue to think about. And I hope for all of you, it does the same. Yeah, me too. We said there's just so different phrases and words and everything that goes into self-abandonment that we that don't even realize. And, yeah. um, you know, we are going to like link up the articles that we've mentioned as well. If you guys want to read about it more. All right, everyone. So I hope that you all got something from this episode, even if it's one thing to just think about and for you to reflect on. And just a reminder that your needs matter. And I'm just feel, as we're closing up the episode, I'm just feeling really grateful that we did share our experience and now it's funny because I, I didn't even think about that comment after when we got I into it. the first maybe five minutes I was still thinking about it yeah. but as we got through the episode I wasn't thinking about it as much so it's another reminder to really just push through we're gonna have uncomfortable feelings we're gonna have we're gonna have doubts or insecurities but that is just a feeling every feeling is fleeting so to continue doing what you're doing that will make you happy and the feelings will come and go exactly it's so it's so hard doing this and putting ourselves out there oh yeah and i'm just so appreciative that like like i said it's like and everyone says this it's like all the positive comments go out the door as soon as you get like one like a negative oh, yeah. thing it makes it tough and that's all you fixate on and that's what divi and i did all week <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. we're good i'm and i'm glad yeah i'm glad we shared that too with you all like how we were feeling right before recording because if you like listen to some of our takes it was bad <laughs> like we were we were just like it was cringe but i'm glad i'm glad we got over the hump and we're back all worked out we're all good yeah all right everyone well we'll we'll see you for our next episode and thank you again for listening thanks guys bye thank you for tuning into another episode of conversations brewing we hope you take some moments to reflect on our episode with some coffee in hand new episodes of conversations brewing come out on tuesdays
We'd love to hear from you about what resonated with you and what you want to hear more about. So let us know on Instagram at our account at Conversations Brewing. If this episode was helpful, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and continue to tune in weekly. We so appreciate your support and we'll brew some conversations with you next week.